Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. If you have your Bibles, you can be turned to Ephesians chapter 4. As Pastor Phelps mentioned, I'm, an in, I'm doing an internship, and so I've jumped in all over the place, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed the ministry experience already that I've gained, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve here with all of you. So my, we do have some family here. My Uncle Tim is here with his wife, Brittany, and their oldest son, Seth, there. And then this is Uncle Paul over here that just nodded his head. And then obviously, most of you met my wife, Susie. But if you haven't met us, we'd love to meet all of you. So uh, feel free to come and say hi. And we do have three little boys. Jordan is four, almost five. He's in K4 this year. And then Jack is two, or no, three now. Just turned three. And when you have three kids, it's hard to remember it all. Uh, and then Noah is nine months. He's in the nursery. And so we have thoroughly enjoyed being here. Everyone's been so gracious. And uh, so I'm looking forward to speaking to you tonight. And if you have your Bibles, you can uh, be looking at Ephesians chapter 4. And in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul has just finished the first part of the letter, laying the groundwork for what it means to be a Christian. But now that he's laid that groundwork, he has a challenge for the believers in Ephesus. And the challenge is this. Walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of being a Christian. That's in verse number 1. And then in verses 17 through 19, Paul explains that unbelievers live a, a different life. They live a life that's walking contrary to the life that the believers are, should walk. And then in verse 20, he shows a very clear break, a clear difference between those who have learned Christ and those who haven't. Verse 20 says, but ye have not so learned Christ. And so he makes it clear that there's an obvious difference between those who have learned Christ and those who haven't learned Christ. And I know that believers have been given a new life in Christ, but I believe that it's good to be reminded what it looks like to learn Christ. The, the message is titled, Learning Christ. And I think it's good for us to do a spiritual checkup in our lives to make sure that we as Christians are walking worthy of our calling. If you have your Bibles open, um, we're going to read verses 20 through 24 of Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 20, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation or conduct, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Let's go to the, prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll look at this passage this evening. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the truths that we see in it. I pray tonight that you would empty me of myself and fill me with the Spirit. I pray that these words would be a challenge, that they would, that they would prick the hearts of believers tonight, that we would be reminded that we, you have made us new creatures, and because of that, there are things that we should have in place in our lives that that is evident. So I pray that you would just be with us tonight as we look at your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, believers who have learned Christ, as it mentions in verse 20, should demonstrate that by the following pattern in this passage. Tonight, I want to look at three imperatives of what learning Christ looks like in the life of a believer. 
So if you look at verse 22, we'll see the first one. It says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So the first imperative is this, remove ungodly conduct. Remove ungodly conduct. We see in verse 22 that ungodly conduct from the old man is corrupt. And at the end of the verse it says, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So the corrupt old man is controlled by his lusts. You know, I believe that the lust of the old man is one of the greatest factors that keeps believers from living the life that God intends for them to live. And often when we think of the word lust, we think of sexual, sexual sins, but truly the word lust has a, a larger meaning of any selfish desire that goes against what God has for us. And so if we're honest with ourselves here tonight, every one of us has selfish desires that as believers we need to keep in check, we need to strive to keep under control. And so the ungodly conduct of the old man is corrupt, and truthfully, the, the corrupt old man doesn't go away until we get to heaven. You know, the Apostle Paul here, he wouldn't tell us to be putting something off if it weren't present in our life. And so Romans 7 and other passages make it very clear that our battle with the old man will go on the entire time that we're on this earth. And so we need to be striving to remove that ungodly conduct. So ungodly conduct is corrupt, but we also see in verse 22 that ungodly conduct is deceitful. You know, the lust of the old man makes promises that it cannot fulfill. And if you think through the Bible, you can think of characters in the Bible that would, if you ask them when we get to heaven, men like David, um, that, that gave in to his lust because of something that he thought that that would fulfill in his life, and did it end up fulfilling, being fulfilling for him? If he could go back and change it, would he? Of course he would. But what happens? He had all, this, all these uh, the things that, got, that came into his life because he said, I'm going to give in to my lust here. And why? Because it deceived him. He thought that, that that sin was better than what God had for him. You know, Satan tries extremely hard to keep us believing that there isn't a problem with the conduct of the old man. Think about the world around us today. Are people being convinced that the corrupt conduct of the old man, that there's nothing wrong with it? All you have to do is turn on the TV and know that people are being convinced of that all the time. Remember from day one, uh, almost day one, when, when Eve was at the tree, what did Satan say? Hath God really said? And the Bible tells us Eve was deceived by her lust. And so... Don't believe the lie that God is fine with mediocre obedience. Don't believe the lie that God is okay if you say, well, I, I'm not really that bad. Well, I, I don't do it that often. You know, those who have truly learned Christ should never be satisfied with putting off most of the old man. It doesn't say in verse 22 that you put off concerning most of the former conversation. No, we are, we are commanded by the Lord to put off the former conversation. We are called to remove sin from our life. And so, those that have learned Christ, we see that we need to be striving to remove the ungodly conduct. But not only do, do we need to remove the ungodly conduct of the old man, but we see in verse 23, we need to renew our minds to line up with God's viewpoint. So the second imperative of someone who has truly learned Christ is this, renew 
your mind. Verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That word renew, if you look it up, it has the idea of renovate or reform. So what that means is that learning Christ means having a totally new way of thinking, a renovated mind. Most of you could probably quote Romans 12 too with me. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Why? Why do we renew our mind? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A renewed mind should transform our thinking to be in line with God's will for our life. So we remove the old conduct, but then God says, now you renew your mind to be in line with what I want you to do. And so that's what a a renewed mind says. It says, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. And one of the best ways that we can renew our mind is to read the Bible and memorize the Bible and ponder and meditate on it. Why? Because Scripture is how we know what God wants us to do. Scripture is how we know what God wants us to put off to begin with. We go to the Bible and God says, "Um, you know, you're not supposed to do this. Okay, I need to put that off. And we renew our mind with what God has for us. And obviously there's other ways. Attending church is another way that we renew our mind throughout the week. We come to church, we hear the word of God preached. And so attending church and things of that nature allow us to renew our mind. A renewed mind goes beyond just putting off. A renewed mind actually has a change in desires. When I was at college... We went I, in the dining hall. I found this out maybe sophomore year. They had fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. I didn't realize that, but they actually had a bakery right there, and they baked them on campus and brought them out, and they were good. I would grab like one or two cookies, but then a friend of mine told me, he said, do you know if you take those and stick them in the microwave for 10 seconds, they are, it's that perfect, they're soft, it's just perfect, and I'm not making this up. I, I don't know that I should admit this, but I was, every single lunch and dinner, I was grabbing six to eight chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> putting it in the microwave. I was, I was, I didn't have a problem with like being overweight or anything, so I, you know, and uh, so I was eating six to eight chocolate chip cookies to perfection. They had milk there, so I would get a glass of milk, and I'm not making this up. It was not good. Um, it really wasn't. And finally, finally, I, I noticed, I, I love sports, and I've played sports my whole life, and I noticed that I was not able to jump as high and run as fast, and I was like, I wonder if there's a correlation here. And so I, I made a pretty radical decision. I, I said, you know what, I'm not going to, I decided, if you have, I'm, I'm going to cut out the chocolate chip cookies, and I actually made the decision, you know what I'm going to cut out? I'm going to cut out sweets altogether. No juice, no pop and no desserts or anything, and I started eating salads every meal, which that was new for me, uh, but I started eating salads, and, and eating healthy, and drinking only water was all that I drank, and it was really interesting, and this is, this is true, you can even ask my wife this, after a while, I think I did it for a semester, and I was the healthiest I've ever been, uh, but, but after a semester of doing that, I went back, and I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to grab a cookie, or I don't know, it was some, some type of sweets, and it really didn't do anything for me. And to this day, I, I'll eat sweets, but I don't really, like, I never, I don't really crave sweets. I, I, I eat a lot, but I don't crave sweets. 
And it was really interesting. I think it's a really good example of this, of what happens here, is when you put something off for long enough and then you're renewing your mind about it, God will, it's amazing, but God will actually change your desires to stop wanting what you shouldn't have had to begin with. And, and so a renewed mind actually has a change in desires. And another thing that a renewed mind doesn't do is it doesn't view the Christian life as restrictive. If our minds are renewed and in line with the Bible, in line with godly thinking, we will realize that what we are called to put off wasn't good for us to begin with. Once we're in line with God's word, we won't, we will say, I don't even, I don't want that because I know that's not good for me. And you hear people talking about Christianity and it's like, well, I got to put this off and this off and Christianity, it's a bunch of rules and I can't wear this and I can't listen to that. I can't watch this. But when you, when you reflect and renew your mind towards what God wants, you realize, you know what, that stuff isn't even good for me anyway. And so, and that's the idea of what renewing our mind will do for us. And so it's like, how dare someone tell me not to eat eight cookies a day? You know, and if, I, if we're honest, if I'm honest, I'll say, you know what, that's probably not a very healthy uh, habit to have there. And so putting off the old man is good and it's important, saying, I'm not going to do that. I know I'm not supposed to, so I'm not going to do that. That's good and important, but renewing the mind will help you begin to not even miss the things that you are putting off. Psalm 37.4, what an amazing verse that, again, you could probably all quote with me. It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so when we renew our mind to want whatever God wants for us, then God gives us joy and satisfaction with the things that he provides for us. And so the, the first imperative tonight was we have to first remove the ungodly conduct. The second imperative is we have to renew our mind. What does God think about it? What, what does God want us to do? And so after removal of the things of the old man and renewing the mind, then the believer is called to replace the old conduct with habits and actions that exemplify holiness and godly character. So look at verse 24. It says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the third imperative tonight is, tonight is replace with godly conduct. Replace with godly conduct. The new man should not be satisfied with just the removal of the old man. Again, that's good and that's important, but we shouldn't be satisfied with just that. We need to be doing godly things. What does, he say, what does the Apostle Paul say? He says, put on. I was reading um, a commentary by Albert Barnes. He said, the change is so great that there is no impropriety in speaking of one who has experienced it or the change of the new man as a new man. He has new feelings, principles, and desires. He has laid aside his old principles and practices, and in everything that pertains to moral character, he is new. I was listening to a message, my pastor, about this passage, and he said, removal without replacement equals relapse. Removal without replacement equals relapse. The Apostle Paul, if you continue reading this chapter, he goes on to start to get into some specifics of what this looks like in the Christian life. Um, he says relying, uh, excuse me, lying in verse 24. And so put off lying, put on, he says speaking the truth, and then he says why? What's the renewed mindset? He says for we are members one of another. Why would we lie to someone? Uh, he says he talks about stealing, so theft. 
put off theft. And what does he say to put on? Work hard. And then what's the renewed mindset? Why would we work hard? Because he says in verse 25, uh, 28 that you can give to those that are in need. He talks about corrupt communication. Put that off. Put on edifying speech. Why? So you can minister grace unto the hearers. And we could, there's a lot of things we could talk about. If you have bad friends, put those off. But what do you need to do? Get good friends. If you are listening to worldly music and you need to put that off, what do we do? Bring in God-honoring music. Um, if you're bitter towards someone and you have bitterness in your heart, what do you need to do? Forgive that person. Why? What's the renewed mindset? So you can have a restored relationship with that person. And so once, once we remove the old conduct, God says, now, now you need to be putting on things that are of godly character. Anything the world has to offer, God has something better to put in its place. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, if you, you can turn there. This is the, the last place we'll turn tonight. Hebrews chapter 11 I was listening to a message by uh, Dr. Bill Rice, and he, he talked on this, on this passage from Hebrews 11. Uh, mo- many of you are familiar with it. It's the Hall of Faith chapter, or the faith chapter. And in verse 24, it's talking about Moses. And we've heard this, probably you've heard this before. I know I've heard messages like this before. So it starts in verse 24, Hebrews eleven twenty-four. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And if you stop there, it's like, oh, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And, and when he was preaching, he was being facetious. And he says, oh, the sin, it's just so wonderful, and I love it so, so much, but oh, I know I shouldn't do that because I need... But if you keep reading, look at what it says in verse 26. What did Moses do? Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. What did Moses realize? That even the worst that God had to offer was better than the best that the world had to offer. These, the pleasures that, that he would have gotten from the world. He said, no, you know what? Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches for, uh, than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. And so, instead of having the mindset of, well, you know, what the world has to offer is so fun and enjoyable, and I love it so much, but I know I need to just put it off, what's better is understanding that God has something better for you. And if he's called you to put that off, he has something better for you. And so, um, I know I said last place, but back to Ephesians 4. At the end of the verse, it says, the end of verse number 24, it says, which after God, so the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The new man is characterized by righteousness and holiness. So what does that mean? The things that we fill our lives with should be pointing to God. Anything that that we have in our life, if we've learned Christ, as he said, but ye have not so learned Christ. If we have learned Christ or we're striving to learn Christ, what, what we fill our life with should point upward, it should point to God remembering that it's only by God's grace that our new man has the ability to to do right and serve him. It says, where did the new man come from? Which after God is created. God, we're born again. We're given by God's grace. We have the ability to live a righteous life, not because of us, but because of God's grace to us. And so a person who has learned Christ should strive to act like Christ. They should strive to act holy, righteous and godly. And so I, I, I wrote this down at the, for the, the kind of last thing before the conclusion. The more you learn Christ, 
the more you look like him. The more that we learn Christ, the more we will look like him. So, learning Christ is something that, we should, constant, that should constantly be happening in the life of a believer. This, remember, there's no point in our life that the old man just doesn't exist anymore. We're always battling with that. And so because of that, this message, it's not a one-time fix-all. Like, oh, I, I removed, renewed, and replaced, I'm good to go. This is a daily thing that we should, it's a pattern that we should have in our life to what does it look like to learn Christ? So what does it look like? Well, the first one we need to be asking ourselves, is there something in my life that resembles the old man that I need to put off? Is there something that I say, you know what, I need to get that out of my life? And then once we do that, we need to say, okay, I removed that. What does God think about that? Renew my mind. What, what does the Lord say about this? What does God say about this? So I can transform my mind to be in line with what God thinks about it. And then lastly, what can I bring on, what can I put on in my life that will help me look more like Christ, that I can exemplify righteousness and true holiness that, is, that, is, that should be seen in someone who has truly learned Christ. And so, first we remove the ungodly conduct, we renew our mind, and lastly, replace with godly conduct. That is how we continue as believers to learn Christ. And uh, so I, I hope that was, I know it was a challenge to me as I study, and I hope it's a challenge to you. Let's end with a word of prayer this evening. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.